The 900 Numbers episode was... Oh, that was That is great. called a chef's kiss that, of that, awesome. That was great, Chico. But that how, was great. How are we going to top that, though, Chico? Well, you know, we're go- well, we know we're going to... Uh, we know we're going to do this week a couple of really good episodes. One that I know you were looking forward to, oh, and one yes. that I did. Uh, but there's, but I feel like there's still something missing. Hmm. I, I, there's, there's something missing here. Hmm. What, what do we, what do we do here? What I do don't do know. Here? Hmm. Hey guys, did you miss me? Wait, wait. Ah! By God! By God! It's Mike Klaus! Mike Klaus! Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Klaus is back! And you know what that means? Let's do this properly! Hit the theme music! This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 110, submission 309, Making It. Making It aired on ABC from February 1st to March 23rd of 1979 for nine episodes. I'm solid. Hey. I'm so powerful. I'm making it. it I'm it. This time in life, I'm, I'm taking it. it. No more, no more making it. This time in life, I'm taking it. <laughs> 
I got moved. I got you. I got something. I'm making it. This time I'm taking it. No more. No more making it. Making it. No stop. Making it to the top. Remember the last scene of the Naked Gun, with O.J. Simpson in the wheelchair? Yeah. Yes. I feel like doing that right now after hearing the, that rendition of, of making it. <laughs> uh, except, <laughs> except I don't have Priscilla Presley to go with. Does that make me Leslie, Does that make me Leslie and, Nielsen or Ricardo Montalban? And, and, and we're not at Angel Stadium. No, and, and no it, Dodgers. No, Dodgers. They made Dodgers Stadium look like Angel Stadium for some reason. Because they that's all they that's all that uh Zaz could afford at the time. Yeah, they couldn't afford the big A. No. They'd have to they'd have to drive to Anaheim. They'd have to make this big to do. No, and no, he, no. And you spent all the money on Reggie Jackson's cameo. Come they on. spent all the money on Reggie Jackson. They spent all the money on Reggie Jackson and Jay Johnson. <laughs> so you're probably wondering, why are we talking about the naked gun? Aside from the fact that Mike, who is back, ladies and gentlemen, is basically O.J. Simpson at the end of the naked gun. And my Zoom background, it, it's Dodger Stadium, if I'm not mistaken. It's Comiskey Park. It's Comiskey Park. Sorry. So how do we get from Comiskey Park Disco Demolition Night, which will be covered in a future entry, by the way. How do we get here? Well, it's a, if, it's a long story. And I guess if we're going to tell the story, we should probably go all the way back to the beginning. And that, of course, would how, be... How, wait, wait, wait. How, wait. How far back is the beginning? Um, well, we have to go to a, uh, a, a, a... It was an article in New York Magazine. Let's go all the way back. In 1976, New York Magazine published an article by rock journalist Nick Cohn called Tribal Rights of the New Saturday Night. It detailed the emergence of disco in New York nightlife at the time and led, of course, to the disc, led, of course, to the movie Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever, we, we all know that movie. John Travolta, big movie, big soundtrack with the Bee Gees, pretty much. Top lighting the whole thing. And they wanted to capture that essence of disco life in a bubble. Now, ABC at the time had a really good thing going with uh, Happy Days and its creators and producers, the team of, of Tom Miller and Eddie Milkus. So they were commissioned to come up with a new show. One that captures family life 
and the Disco Queen. It was basically a 30-minute version of Saturday Night Fever. It even had a Travolta. That's right. John Travolta's sister, Ellen. Oh. Sorry to get your hopes up. Oh. We got the second best Travolta. Is there, is there, is there even a third Travolta? Uh, uh, I will get back to you on that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, Miller Milkus would produce it, but writing and creating it would be a the the the, the tandem of Mark Rothman. Lowell Gans and Gary Marshall, who worked with Miller Milkus on Happy Days, and would go on to work with Miller Milkus on Mork and Mindy. Miller Milkus is Miller Milkus was like really, really big in television. Of course, they would meet a third that would just, phew, but that's another show. Yeah. Oh, you were wondering about the uh, the the third uh, uh, Travolta. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Kelly Preston, R.I.P. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well. Oh. oh, oh that would be the third Travolta. Yeah. True. True. Not, not name, but oh, hold up, hold up. Chico, you you neglected to mention one thing. Oh, did I? Oh, I forgot something. What did I forget? What did I forget? One of the producers of this show is someone who we've talked about previously. David W. Duclon. Ah, the saint, the sainted David W. Duclon, who we talked about in Second Chance, nineteen eighty-seven, and and in the Punky Brewster at the NLCS episode. There you go. So we have all of the we have all of these people. They're talented. They're genius, and they had like a bunch of talented people in the camera too. But they were still missing one person who would be the uh, John, the not John Travolta of this enterprise. So. This is one of those. T- this is one of those times when watching a commercial really pays off because one of the commercials that somebody watched was a Dr Pepper commercial, and who would be singing the Dr Pe- the Dr Pepper jingle at the time? Well, that would be a gentleman by the name of David Naughton. Yep, and he would be damn good at it. Oh my goodness, that's probably one of the best jingles ever. I drink Dr. Pepper, don't you see? Cause it's the perfect taste for me That original taste, you know Is making peppers everywhere I go There's boating peppers, toting peppers, cooking peppers, good looking peppers Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? Us peppers are an interesting breed An original taste is what we need Ask any pepper and he'll say Only Dr. Pepper tastes that way There's carrying 
and peppers, merry and peppers, diet peppers, quiet peppers. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? They're saluting peppers, tooting peppers. I'm a pepper man. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? Be a pepper, drink Dr. Pepper. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? <laughs> Short circuit too. Love it. No, it's the first one, silly. Station. Come on, now. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? What is going on? I, I don't know. Yeah, the second one is when he, he's, he's chasing around poor Michael McKean all around New York City. When they go to that bookstore, he's reading all the books. So David Naughton was cast in the role of Billy Minucci, a guy who by day worked at an ice cream parlor called the Tasty Treats, and by night was king of the dance floor. Oh, yeah. In the 70s, that was all the rage. The ice cream parlor guy by day, and then disco dancing king at night. But that's nothing compared to his brother, Tony Minucci, the older, more independent, more hip-happening brother, played by the late Greg Antonacci. And everybody just loved him. Of course, rounding out the friend's dynamic would be the sort of... The weird, the weird one, and the dumb one. Oh yeah, because that's common in these shows. Yeah, the weird one was Al Kingfish Sorrentino, played by Ralph Seymour, and the dumb one was Bernard Fusco, played by Gary Prendergast. No, no relation to Teddy. No. Well, that's Pendergast, not Prendergast. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, I mean, because this is uh, the late 70s and a teenager has to have a girlfriend, teenager has a girlfriend in the form of Corky Crandall, played by the ever-vivacious Rebecca Balding. And of course, if you remember, back in episode 14, we talked about Rebecca Balding because she was the woman in the poker game on Super Train. With Cleavon Little, Roddy McDell, and Santa Claus. She can't escape. She can't escape those darn discotheques, can she? No. Especially the ones that play poker matches for some reason. And Mike, we still don't know why they would broadcast that poker game on the train. Well, you know, this was about ten, maybe twelve years before. Uh... ESPN did uh, the World Series of Poker coverage when they, they did the, the, the really uh, uh, the, the old school technology of showing, hey, here's two cards after the fact, you know, p- putting it in in post. So m- maybe they're doing that. Who knows? Where the hell's Vince Vance Patton? Where, where's Norman Chad? Yeah. Where's, where's Gabe Kaplan? Oh, wait. He's on another show. You are. He's on the, the same network, but another show. Yeah. That's why I just said, yeah. Okay. So, uh, and oh, yeah. Of course, there's also the family dynamic because there is a family dynamic on Saturday Night Fever that they had to replicate. 
So, we have Billy's younger sister, Tina Minucci, played by Denise Miller. And their parents, Dorothy and and Joe Minucci, played by Lou Antonio and the aforementioned Ellen Travolta. That's that's pretty much much, uh, the entire cast there. Yeah. We have family, friends relationship guy just trying to make it in college with his hip with his hipper older brother well let's talk about let's watch some episodes shall we yeah no let's not save me <laughs> i want to go back to the hospital no 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 no, no, no. no. Oh. we're having too much fun here mike come on Take my other foot. No, 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 no. Oh, Jesus. We're not doing everybody. We're not doing this. We're not doing this right now. We are not doing this. Okay. Episode one, staying alive. See, the obvious connection is obvious. Except this doesn't involve someone dancing at a Broadway musical. Get it? Oh, yeah. I see what you did there. But yeah, that that's that's uh, that's on that's for the Patreon podcast. It was a thing on sequels. Anyway, uh, Billy Minucci is a new. It says Billy Minucci is a New Yorker, but the action takes place in Passaic, New Jersey. Yeah, same thing. Well, yeah, Billy Minucci is from Passaic, New Jersey, working his way through college and living at home with the shadow of his swinging older brother. It's a it it's it's a it's a standard. Let's introduce everybody and everybody's sort of issue thing. Every yeah, who cares? Yeah, and of course you have to have gratuitous disco dancing. Of course you do. Episode two: the art auction. Billy poses as Al Pacino's brother to get into an art auction and bids $5,000 for a painting to impress Corky. Uh, now, having, now, having seen Corky, I can tell you, she could do a lot better than Billy Minucci. Hoo-ha! Hoo-ha! She, could a lot, she could do a lot better than Billy Minucci! Hoo-ha! Hoo-ha! Joy, I'm going to kill myself! Hoo-ha! Hoo-ha! I just bought a $5,000 painting from my girlfriend who deserves better than me. Hoo-ha! Hoo-ha! My girl's gonna scam Cleavon Little on a trade. Hoo-ha! <laughs> so that's how she paid for the painting. No, 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 no. Oh, and by the way, do you know who wrote this episode? Uh, that would be Ron Levitt. That's right. The co-creator of Married with Children. Everything goes back to Married with Children, even after the hospital stay. Oh, you know this, man. Oh, yes. Episode three, Big Brother is watching. Billy's at loose ends while trying to protect his sister from a well-known Casanova who prides himself on one-night stands. Oh, Oh, no, this isn't going to end well. No, it's basically, uh, oh, God, it's like, 
Billy's being the protective big brother, and yeah. And sorry, it, 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 with the family name being Minucci, it's not going to end well. It doesn't end well when Italian families deal with Casanovas. Yep. Just ask Al Pacino's brother. I just, I just got hey, I just bought five thousand dollars worth of painting and now I'm watching out my sister do the dirty thirty with this jerk. Hoo-ha! Hoo-ha! Episode four. Fun fun fun. Part one. Billy quits his job and school so he can experience the good life. What the disco dancing 24 hours a day. He basically wanted to take on his nighttime identity full time, which, let's be honest, you never do. Oh, no. Uh, no, yeah. no, you don't. Disco dancing doesn't pay the bills in 1979. No, it does not. Not in 1979, where, let's, uh, uh, spoiler alert, it gets worse. And I'm not just talking about the show, neither. Episode 5. Fun, fun, fun. Part 2. Billy shirks his responsibilities and moves in with his brother. Yeah. Because, uh... If you didn't think this would get... I I told you this was going to get worse... And it's getting worse. Tony Tony Minucci just make just makes things worse. That's all he does. It, it's weird to think that Billy Minucci's the sane one in the family, but yeah, 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 he is. Episode six, something from Ma. Now this is the only, now I'll try, I'll tell you right now this is probably the only episode that's available in full on YouTube. So. If you want, if you want uh, but it's a really good example of everything that goes on in this show. Yeah. Tony surprises his mother with a pair of expensive earrings for her birthday, which leads her to being arrested because the police think they're stolen. What is it with stereotyping the Italians thinking that, you know, earrings, nice earrings, are stolen? <laughs> Don't do that to my people. Hey, my people. Hey, the more things change, the more they say the same. Yep. But fun fact, this episode was written by Babalu Mandel. And if you (laughs) And he has written some uh, notable movies. He's written uh, the movie Splash, Spies Like Us, Gung Ho, Parenthood. A League of Their Own. A League of Their Own. City Slickers and City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curl is Gold, which we'll also cover on our spinoff Patreon prize. It was a thing in a sequel to a movie. Episode 7, which was, fun fact, the last episode produced. There was Apparently there was a sixth, there was a tenth episode, but it was never uh, produced. Little Orphan Fusco. 
Bernard thanks Dorothy for nursing his injured foot for, by sending gifts, which her kids mistake for presents from a lover. Woo! Yeah. I needed and, to hear that in my life. It's been a long time since I've heard that woo. Yeah. Dorothy, hey, Dorothy was just trying to be nice. Now Bernard is being nice. And the kids are like, who's trying to break up our family here? What? What's all this? What's all this? Go figure. Anyway, episode eight, Tony's Homecoming. Tony and his parents are reunited after a two-year separation. So we learn now that Tony has been estranged from his parents for two years. Which, you know, which I get because, again, Tony is the older, hipper brother who doesn't need nobody. He is just living his best life in late 1970s New York City. Hey, hey whatever. He does what he wants. <laughs> whatever. I do what I want. And now he's come home to see his parents. And I don't even know where he, what he does after that. Yeah. And the final episode, Friends for Life. Aww. Aww. When Dorothy gets flowers from a secret admirer, her children suspect her of having an affair with the local encyclopedia salesman. Kids, okay, gather around. Oh, boy. Ba- back in the day, there was no such thing as Wikipedia. So all the information in the world would be on these things called books. And they would have, like, a series called an encyclopedia that had all the information in the world on them. And you'd pay, like, an extraordinary, ridiculous amount of money to have everything in the world on your bookshelf that would be instantly outdated in six months. That's why they update it every year, dude. That's my point. It was all a scam. Thank God for Wikipedia. So we don't have to pay for ridiculous encyclopedias ever again. True. Uh, Speaking for the educational field, uh, we do still use them from time to time, albeit not necessarily in this virtual uh, environment uh, during COVID. Okay, that wasn't a good case. Stick to Wikipedia. So basically, the life and times of Billy as he struggles through college while his older brother is living his best life. Yeah. And Billy wants a piece of that best life. You're damn right he is. Isn't that why he sang the theme song? To get a piece of the action? Yeah, that's right. Yep. This time in life he's taking it. No more, no more. Making it, I got the chance. I'm taking it. Yeah. So, so there you go. It's like Billy has Billy gets a piece in the first episode. Billy gets a piece of Tony's nightlife, and all of a sudden, he doesn't want a piece. 
He wants the whole thing. He wants the whole damn thing, baby. And that is basically making it. The story of a good little Italian boy from Jersey who gets a taste of the nightlife. Yeah. So, uh, and it's a really, is it a really well told out story? Who knows? Because there's only one episode out there on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, well, I only lasted about six minutes, so that may tell you how uh, good or bad the the show is. Yeah, and, but also, I, I will admit, I, I told Greg this before we uh, uh, we started recording. Okay, g- generally with Miller Milkis and you know, in parentheses, uh, Boyette shows, I'm not a big fan of them. Happy Days, I liked. Laverne and Shirley, eh. Mork and so, Mindy. Uh, I'm sorry? Mork and Mindy. Uh, Mork and Mindy, I liked. Um, uh, uh, Bosom Buddies was good. Uh, Full, Full House, I can't really say I cared about uh, as, as a Miller Boyette production. Um, Perfect Strangers? Perfect Strangers... Perfect strangers, got, perfect strangers got long of the tooth after season three. Sorry. That's exactly what I was going to say. After about season three or season four, I really didn't care for uh, Perfect Strangers that much. Once we hit about 1990, nope, Perfect Strangers, I'm done with you. Uh, so, so, yeah, it, it, it uh, needed to be put out to pasture. Uh, but, but Family Matters... That uh, that's going to be uh, on a later on a later installment. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. We'll we'll talk well, well, more yeah, about remember, that when we get to it. Yeah, remember we're going to be talking about shows that lasted one uh, season too long, and gosh, I think we have maybe about uh, three or four candidates just in the the Miller, uh, uh, Milkus Boyette family of shows. Oh, but yes. Okay, so you have this show. David Naughton is a lovable enough guy. His his parents, uh, jo- Lou Antonio, El Travolta, they're talented. Uh, the whole cast is just up and coming, and it's full of energy and full of life. There was just a couple things going for it. Uh, first of all, uh, like Mike said, the writing or the the actual show itself was just it's an acquired taste. I mean, it is an absolutely acquired taste, as is disco as a whole. And another thing that the show had going for it, uh, again, tell me what year this came out. 1979. Okay, and that was just about the time when... Disco was on the wane. Oh yeah, yeah. You gotta remember, we already talked about this uh, in at least three different installments. Uh, we, we talked about it in episode eighty-six with the Playboy Roller Disco and Pajama Party, and we talked about it the previous episode, episode eighty-five, with the third annual college uh, cheerleading championship, which was very heavily disco laden. Uh, but also, we, we talked about it in, in some other shows. I mean, we, we could talk about the all-new Beat the Clock, which had a very disco v- vibe to it. Uh, a lot of synthesizers and 
and uh, and, and those types of uh, uh, musical instruments. Uh, and what else did we uh, uh, talk about? Oh, well, we talked about Super um, Train. Oh, a Super Train. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what was the other one? Oh, well, you could even uh, consider Pink Lady and Jeff. Kind of. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. That was at the tail end. So, yeah. So, so, disco. So this was, yeah. So, so I mean, in, in 110 episodes, we've covered four shows that basically have spotlighted disco in its waning days. Yep. But it literally. It literal, but disco literally exploded out of flavor. Flavor. Disco literally exploded out of favor on July 12th, 1979. Yeah, and we'll cover that eventually on this show. Yes, we will. Yep. It's all thanks to you, Steve Dahl. You're the reason why disco's dead. And the, and the, the ultimate irony... Of all of this, because ABC canceled the show in March of 1979. The song of the summer of 1979? Making it by David Naughton. Oh, you had your chance, ABC. You could have capitalized on a hit song, but no. Yep. Yeah, it was probably for the best anyway. Yep. I mean that that at the end of the day that is the legacy of this show is that song it it was basically a one hit wonder for David Naughton yeah I mean let's face it the legacy of that song you can sometimes if you listen to a 70s station chances are you're going to hear that song yep I know I know they'll they'll play it on seventies on seven. Oh yeah. Well let's but, not necessarily feel bad for David Daunton, because he did have a, a good career. Oh uh, Oh yeah. He was yeah. an Amer- an American werewolf in London. Exactly. But let's also remember he was in My Sister Sam. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and yeah, I mean he had a, a decent career there for what about the two, three seasons it aired. Um, and he still did the Dr. Pepper ads. Oh, yeah. And, he play- and fun fact, played Mr. Fantastic um, in the video game Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Oh, my goodness. So he was Reed Richards in Marvel Ultimate Alliance. He was Reed Richards in Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. He was also, oh, God. Oh, God! Is this on the list? Tell me if this is on the list or not. What is it? He played the male lead in the TV movie from 1988, Goddess of Love. I don't think oh, Goddess ever... of Love is definitely on there. Come on. Did we ever put... Let me look. If that's the one with Vanna White, I know I nominated that. No, we never put it officially on the list, believe it or not. Add it. Add, Add it. it. It's at a yeah, damn right. We're gonna add Goddess of Love on the list. While, while we're there, we're also gonna add a turbocharged thunder. Actually, no, that would be under Power Ranger ripoffs, which is also on the list. Yeah, and, and, and I, I'm sorry. Taking a look at who's in Goddess of Love, not just Vanna White, not just David Naughton, 
but David Leisure and Amanda Beers, yes, that needs to be added like right now. And little Richard, for heaven's sake. What? Oh, wait. Oh, it, oh, I'm sorry. It was already on the list. It was 1507. My bad. I knew I nominated it. Yeah, because we said something about Alex possibly doing it. And he said he's never seen it. Well, he's got a good two. Well, he's got a good two months. Good. So he got two. He's got a good two months. You tell Alex Braun to get on it. Yeah. But yeah, we are definitely covering that. Goddess of love. Yeah, you damn right we are. We're having more fun talking about when we're going to talk about Goddess of Love than this show. Well, well, uh, there's well, nothing. There's nothing remarkable about this show whatsoever. Nothing at all. No, the only remarkable thing about this show is the theme. That's it's it. the theme music. That's it. That's it. That's it. And David Naughton. That's it. That's it. Uh, the- I'm going to add one more thing. What's that? How, El- how Ellen Travolta, who would have been about 40 at the time, is David Naughton's mother. And how old was David Naughton? 25. I don't know. Uh, was lower, lower. It's like David Naughton, lower Drew. No, D- David Naughton. It looks like he was about uh, twenty nine at the time. Oh, what? what? Okay, Ellen Travolta looks like it was born in thirty nine, and so David she would Naughton, have been forty. At so the she time. would have been forty, and David Naughton was born in February of fifty one. So he would have been about twenty eight. Actually, maybe even well, yeah, twenty seven. 28 so my, my god that's there's another li- one of those situations where sorry the, the mom is creepily younger uh than she should be man that's luke perry our 90210 old he so so david Naughton was 90210 old yeah 90210 old i just came up with that <laughs> what was he doing as a 29 year old working in an ice cream shop he was working his way through college. Hold up. I got one. I have one problem with the okay. In the opening of the of making it, okay. Uh-huh. You know how David Naughton's like working the ice cream thing? Uh-huh. Like the frozen yogurt or whatever. And yeah. he puts his mouth into the frozen. Oh, you would not do that in no. 2020. No, you would Hell not. Hell no. Oh, no. Hell, you got the, you got the flus and, and you got the COVID and you got oh, the anthrax. You would, no. You would get no. instantly fired if you did that. You would get fired and you would probably get fired out of a candidate to the sun or something because. Yeah. Well, thank heavens Disco hasn't returned for the 2020s. That's the one good thing about 2020. We haven't gotten the Disco back. (laughs) True. Oh, my God. Is that the only good thing about 2020? Well, I asked you. No, no. The good, no, the other good thing about 2020 happened last Saturday. Yes. Not to put our political beliefs out there. But fair point. And by, by the other good thing that happened in 2020, of course, I'm talking about Four Seasons Total Landscaping. Yes. Um, <laughs> you, you mean the, the quarter gas station? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, quarter gas is another episode. 
but we will never talk about this that show on this show. Because oh, we're, we're, never, we're, we're never talking about Corner Gas. Corner Gas is awesome! And also, Lance Storm would, would, would chastise us if we criticize Corner Gas, so I would never ch- crit- never we're Lance Storm. Corner Gas, that's a great TV show. I love Corner Gas. It, it's like Wings. It made Tony Schlub's career. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wings? Yeah, you're right. It did make Tony Shalhoub's career. Oh, um, but you know, Mike, I think you know, we, you know what this, you know what making it needed? What? It needed what a Tim Daly. It needed a uh, Tim, Tim Daly. Daly. Uh, it had a Tim Daly. David Naughton was Tim Daly. No. No, David Naughton is not the, Tim Daly. Oh, you, you mean an actual, you mean the actual actor. The Tim actual Daly. Tim not, Daly. Not, not a, uh, not a sort of Tim Daly archetype. Yeah, you're right. Tim Daly. It needed Tim Daly. This is how uh, bad this, this is how bad this show is. We're thinking, man, what would have made this show better? Uh, well, I what would have made this show better? That is a good question. Well, well no, I, I, I can tell you what's going to make this show better. With this show... <laughs> It's eBay Price is Right. Are you kidding oh. me? Oh. No, uh, you you haven't been back an hour, and we're already doing this. Fine. Okay. There's all right. All right. Play play the music. Play the music. All right, gentlemen, there's plenty of stuff regarding making it on eBay. Not even joking. I see plenty of 8x10s. I see even t- uh, tickets for the show. What? Uh, I- I'm not even kidding. Who would want to go see this show? Well, th- there's a lot of two tickets, uh, one for making it, and one for the Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, I'm guessing the Guinness, maybe the Guinness game. I don't know. Uh, from looks like 78 or 79, uh, going for five dollars if you, you really want tickets. But obviously, there's oh gosh, like I said, a ton of of uh, of photos, seven by nines, eight by tens. Obviously, a ton of 45s singles. But there's something very interesting that I found. And it's a making it bumper title card. It's uh, from the network. Uh, it's basically something they'd show uh, either before commercials or after commercials, or if there were technical difficulties, where it has like the the name of the TV show and there's the entire cast standing there. And, and these are also generally like eight by tens. I've got uh, a couple of them in my uh, collection. And, so uh, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't know what a bumper card is. I've lived through. You know what? Bumper cards are bumper cards are going on. No, we can't put that on. We cannot put bumper cards on the list because this is an audio show and not a video one. So, well, I, the, I the, there goes that idea. <laughs> uh, so this is a making it bumper card, a uh, title card. Uh, and, and usually these are made out of heavier cardboard stock, a l- little thicker. Uh, and uh, again, like I said, it says making it ABC, and you've got the whole cast there. Uh, you've got 
Gosh, you got one. There's like nine people in this photo. Uh, a lot of people. Um, and uh, dollars and cents, please. And uh, I'm going to start with Greg because um, I don't know why. So, Greg, dollars and cents, how much would you bid for this making it bumper card, 8 by 10 thicker cardboard color? I'm picturing it now. I'm going to say $13.99. $13.99. Okay. Uh, and uh, Chico? Do I want to be a bastard? I don't know. How do you feel? Fourteen twenty-nine. I'm not being a bastard. I'm giving him thirty cents worth of cushion. No, that's not a bastard at all. <laughs> so thirteen ninety-nine and fourteen twenty-nine. Oh, guys, you two are so close. The actual retail pr uh, price, or at least the buy it now price of this item, $14.99. Fuck, I was a dollar off. Yeah! Yeah! Yeah, and, and uh, again, th these are really cool, you know, the, especially like the short-lived shows, you know, making it lasted all of about uh, two months, so... Yeah, it's a cool little collectible. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's like you buy it now, you hang it, in, you hang it uh, somewhere, you have your own picture of Rebecca Balding and uh, nine other people. Anyway. Oh, I would just buy it for Rebecca Balding. Oh, of course. You would. I would. Yep. So, there you have it. Make, making it was, making it was a Big radio hit for David Naughton, but on the other side of it, it was just a thing on TV. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. well at least we'll solve the memories. Mm -hmm. And hey, this coming year just might be my year because 2020 sucked. I don't know what you're talking about. I've been making bank all year at my job. So, so have I, but then again, my job involves, well, let's just say the pandemic has been sort of neutral for my job. Hey, hey, hold up a second. This year hasn't been bad because I just got. Uh-oh. What, what did Greg just get? <clears throat> I got, I got the new Mallrat Special Edition Blu-ray. Yeah! Love it! Work it, which, son! Which has future entry, the TV edit of Mallrats. Yes! Yes! On disc two. <laughs> with, with the hilarious bad overdubbing of Jason Mewes. Uh, let's just, let's be honest... You overdub Jason Mewes on a TV edit of a View Askew film, it's going to be bad. Oh, yeah. It is going... Yeah, you Mighty Duck pukes. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Hey, 
All it took was a fat karate punch, Chico. Fat karate punch. But you know what makes... But do you know what makes perfect sense? What? Our website. It was a thing on TV.com. There you'll find more about the show, more about us, and of course, all of the previous episodes. All 109 of the previous episodes. From Match Game Hollywood Squares up to the 1-900 numbers. And of all, and as always, we are available wherever fine podcasts are streamed. We're talking Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. And remember, like, comment, and subscribe. Five stars only because we desperately crave your approval. Yeah, we definitely need five-star reviews. Come on, guys. It's like, five stars means we did our job. Four stars means we didn't do our job. Well, four stars is sometimes good enough to be match of the year for Dave Meltzer, but no, not on this podcast, baby. No. So, Mike, your first time back. (laughs) Thoughts? You know, I made bank in 2020, but you know what else I got? Yeah! Oh, you can't see it. No, I can't. I don't want to see it. Uh, uh, I do, I do. I want to see no, I, I because I am a sick, depraved son of a bitch. Yeah. No, I don't want to see it. I don't want to vomit in, over my carpet. It, it's okay. not worthy. It's, it's, it's just a, it's in a fucking sock. But no, anyhow. So, so how did the first episode go? Um, uh, of all the episodes we've ever done, I can say that this was the most recent. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're about to be even more recent than that because we've got another one coming later. This oh, week. oh, yes. And okay. it is one that Greg has been at the bit to do. Oh, this is an episode of one of our favorite shows that I've been just dying to talk about for a long time. Yep. Hey, Chico. Buckle up. It's going to be a Greg episode. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, Chico. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to need takeout for this episode. Hey, do you know anywhere in Philadelphia that does takeout? I know a place, Chico. And I'll tell you what. It's not Four Seasons Total Landscaping. <laughs> okay, well, we'll take we'll we'll get some takeout from Philly. We'll take out the Philly special. We'll call it the Philly special. We'll get some takeout. Yeah, Gritty will give us the takeout. We'll we'll just we'll get some we'll get something from Chickie and Pete's. We'll get the crab fries. It'll all be good. It'll it'll be good, but not as good as this upcoming thing on TV. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Wow! No more, no more making it, making it.